from the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. Welcome to America Works, interviews with contemporary workers throughout the United States, collected by the library's American Folklife Center as part of its Occupational Folklife Project. This is AFC staff folklorist Nancy Gross, and this America Works podcast features excerpts from a longer interview with elementary school teacher Kira Fobbs, who has devoted her life to teaching third and fourth graders and special ed students in the schools of Madison, Wisconsin. An innovative and dedicated teacher, she was interviewed by Mark Wagler as part of an Archie Green Fellowship from the American Folklife Center to document teaching in Wisconsin classrooms. Ms. Fobbs is proud of her own personal heritage, which includes African-American, Swedish, and German-Jewish ancestors, and she speaks poignantly about how her heritage has helped shape her career as a teacher. What motivated you, inspired you to become a teacher? Oh, wow. That is a really good question. Um, Well, I spent most of my college career uh, studying to be a lawyer. And um, I actually got to law school, got to that point, and and realized that um, my goal in life was to help change uh, the world, essentially. I, my mom always accused me of uh, wanting to be Martin Luther King, and I guess in, in some sense I, I did. I wanted to bring about justice and um, eradicate racism and sexism and homophobia. Uh, but when I got to, to the law school phase, um, I recognized that uh, lawyers don't really have a lot of impetus in that area. And so... Um, I figured that if I really wanted to have that kind of effect, that I would have to become a teacher because the teachers are the ones that actually assimilate our citizens into our culture. If I wanted to change what our culture was, I have to change the kids. And so that's how I ended up being a teacher. My typical day starts at 5 o'clock in the morning when I get up. I teach at an early start school, so we're we're uh, required to be in the building by 7.30. And uh, since I live across town from where I teach, I have to get up quite early to make sure that I get there on time, especially during wonderful Wisconsin winters. In our, in our day, um, we go through to, we get out at, at 2.32, so we're officially in school from... 7.45 to 2.32. And then um, I'm also the coordinator of the math program for the academic after-school program. So then after um, my students leave, I am getting set up for our ACE program, uh, setting setting out activities for approximately 60 kids um, after school. Um, and that usually takes me to about 4.30, 4.45. And at that point, I'm planning to go home. 
after having done, after making sure that whatever it is I have planned for the next day, I have ready. Um, As I learned from my cooperating teacher, Andrell Davis, you don't leave until you are ready for the next day, and you always have a plan B, C, and D. So that's a, that's a typical day. So I'm I'm I my class is primarily African American. I have three Hispanic students. I have eighteen students total. Three Hispanic students, two no three Caucasian students, and the rest are African Americans. So. Um, I spend a great deal of time trying to find out what is really uh, motivating for them, uh, what is going to engage them. And then I try to craft something that is going to be engaging for them based on those needs. So it's very, very student-centered, very um, um, very responsive. That's the new term um, that is used in teaching. So it's very, very student-centered. I think it's really, really important that you know what's going on in your kids' lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to basketball games. I go to football games. I go to volleyball games. I go to soccer games. I, sh- I shop in the stores in the neighborhood. Um, I walk the neighborhood regularly. We have mm-hmm. a, um, I, uh, if I have any problems with students, I will walk them home after school because um, I want their parents to know that I'm... Uh, I'm involved in their life and that um, I'm willing to go the extra mile to make sure that they're on the right track. What about outside of school, mm-hmm. family, mm-hmm. close friends who are mm-hmm. not teachers? I don't have any. They're, you're, you're, I have no close friends that are not teachers. So so your discourse is always about teaching. Mm-hmm. And with the with the exception of my spouse, I yeah. everybody that I care about is a teacher, even yeah. my mother. So... My mother is uh, a retired teacher, although she's not very retired. She's still teaching uh, GED classes, and she's still substitute teaching. So at the age of 70, she's still going. I think that good teaching is is student-centered. If, if I walk into my classroom and I see my students engaging in uh, collaborative discussion about something that they're very interested in, I believe that that's good teaching. I think that a lot of people, a lot of older people, have this vision of school as being this very quiet, uh, orderly place. And my experience of good teaching is it's loud. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's chattery. It's uh, active. It's um, kinetic. And when you walk into a room and you see kids doing that, you, and they are engaged in what it, whatever it is that they're doing, that's good teaching because that is what, is what their life is going to be like most of their life. The, the most um, productive uh, careers, the most productive forms of employment are kinetic. They're not, they're not uh, static or stationary. They're not uh, quiet. And I really have um, very frequently wished that those people that are are making the standards and those people that are making the tests and those people that are making the textbooks would sit in a classroom and try to be a teacher for a little while because it is one of the toughest jobs there is. Don't go into it for the money. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I say this to all of my 
student teachers, my practica students. Um, teaching, as I said, is a lifestyle. It's it's a it's it's a calling, like being called mm-hmm. to religious service. Mm-hmm. You have to feel it in your heart. It has to. You have to be dedicated to it. Otherwise, um, it will kill you because it is an extremely stressful job. There are lots of things that help me survive, but the the greatest thing is that um, I, when I was in in fourth grade, third and fourth grade, um, I would go to or go out to recess, and then I would hide under my coat under the stairs outside at recess because I was bullied and beaten up on a very regular basis because I was half black and half white. 1965, that was not heard of. And I couldn't talk to anybody but my parents about it. And what keeps me going in education is that that never happens to any child ever again. Um, and that that's really my mission in life, that what what keeps me going in teaching is a mission that says I'm, I am going to change this. I, I will work every day, sun up to sundown, till I put my head on that pillow at night to change that so that no, no child ever has to feel that pain ever again. That's, that's really what keeps me going. You've been listening to Madison, Wisconsin teacher Kira Fobbs, who was interviewed for America Works by Mark Wagler a member of a team of folklorists interviewing classroom teachers throughout Wisconsin as part of the American Folklife Center's Occupational Folklife Project. To hear the complete interview with Ms. Fobbs, as well as in-depth interviews with other classroom teachers, please visit www.loc.gov forward slash folklife or just search online for the Occupational Folklife Project. This is AFC folklorist Nancy Gross. On behalf of the American Folklife Center, Thank you for listening to America Works. This has been a presentation of the Library of Congress. Visit us at loc.gov.